Well, hallelujah. I believe you had a great weekend. Here we are again. We have the opportunity to gather and worship around His Word and thank God for these days. Amen. Shall we just worship? Today we have uh, Brother Sharat with us. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Abba Father. You're good and your mercy endures forever. We look to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, Lord. Who is like unto thee? Oh, Lord, who is like unto thee? Oh, Lord, among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness, Fearful in praises, doing wonders, hallelujah. Always oh, so grateful, Father, in this day and hour, as we approach your soon coming. Prozile pravala mi kadala brosto. We expect your wonders, we expect your signs, we expect your mercy to show up. Hallelujah. Oh, worship you, worship you, worship you, Lord. Rapetele rocusto, rapazirikente. Janda Capra Casele Crulo Cutoro Basene. Hallelujah. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Blessed be your holy name. Brajo Dombre Telbe Te Profute Brabara Sanderibelme. Thank you, Father. Worship you. Alla Brabal Maracas Alla Brande. Oh, worthy, worthy, worthy. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Oh, thank you, Abba Father, thank you, Abba Father, thank you, Abba Father, thank you, Abba Father. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah, Abba Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to your holy name, glory to your holy name, glory to your holy name. Blessed be the name of the living God. We worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy to receive our praise, our thanksgiving. Hallelujah. We worship you today. We bless you right now. We yield ourselves to you, Holy One. We trust you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As we are you know, in those days we've been hearing about for some time, last days, last days, I'm sure there are various attitudes and thought patterns that will gather around you 
trying to make you uneasy, unsure, and all of that. But thank God, God is faithful. He has not changed. Praise God, and we still have a choice. It's all based on our choice. Our choice is very much involved. And so, you know, sometimes people are uneasy as to whether they will uh, remain saved or whether they'll make it in the rapture and all of those kind of thoughts. But praise God, the hand of God and the Father and the Lord Jesus have us in this grip that none can pluck us out. Even though we have a choice, you know, we can resist and fight and uh, try to pull ourselves out of it because eventually we do have choice. But then why should we not just choose properly while we have a day or today? When it is called today, don't harden your heart, but rather yield yourself, make the right choice. So I, I like to read from Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 where it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Hallelujah. Notice there it's given choice is plainly stated there and God has not taken away our choice. But I believe that if you have chosen the Lord Jesus, you know, you love that aspect of being in Him. Even though you may not feel very different, you may not be able to tell any physical difference, but notice that you have to be tempted because you are a new creature now, your desires have changed, you just don't do the things you used to do anymore. Some forces have to tempt you from outside. That's good proof that you're a new creature. That's good proof that your nature has changed and you still have the choice. So praise God for choice. Thank God that you can make a choice. And God says, choose life. Choose Jesus. Choose the eternal. Hallelujah. Verse 20 continues that thou mayest love the Lord thy God. Thou mayest obey his voice. Thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life, the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Hallelujah. So notice there that we can still continue to choose, to hear him, hearken to him, cleave to him, stick to him. Praise God. He is our life, the length of our days that we may dwell in the land. So it affects our earthly life and uh, obtaining of the natural promises, including land. Hallelujah. Maybe we can hear uh, verse 19 in Canada, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Brother Sharath, thank you. <laughs> Amen. So notice that we are given a choice that we can actually choose the blessing. We can actually choose life. That we and our seed are blessed. We have now gone to a place where we don't think that God just randomly blesses people. But that choice is involved. That God is a God of choice. That if you choose to hear what He's saying, that it gives you blessing and life. 
and gives you quality and purpose and it gives you you know your geographic position be able to inherit the earth hallelujah originally you may have noticed this was written to uh, the jewish people it says he swore to thy fathers abraham to isaac and jacob spiritually we are also uh, sons of abraham and therefore these blessings are our portion thank god that we can obey his voice and cleave to him stick close to him that's i believe the same kind of uh, sense in marriage sticking with your spouse your husband not changing them just because you feel different you know like the jewish people were told you know uh, over there in matthew 19 you know remember they were arguing for divorce and jesus said this was not so from the beginning hallelujah so we go with god rather than what we feel you know and in that they they kind of mentioned that uh, they could just choose to dump a wife anytime they felt like that seemed to be the general attitude well hallelujah maybe your senses go up and down like that but that has nothing to do with the reality of our choices hallelujah we can choose you can choose who to listen to you can choose life you can choose blessing you can choose to stick with god you can choose to stick with the family even though sometimes uh, sticking with the family is hard you know um i don't know for whatever reason is out there in the world today people don't like to stick together in family because of the uh atmosphere of rebellion and uh, unthankful unholy last days type of nature but it doesn't mean that you have to follow that you can choose to go with god you can choose to stick with god hallelujah and so we are increasingly forced to go by what we trust in god's word rather than what we feel rather than our emotions because our emotions are going to go through a barricade of uh this way and that way <laughs> so praise god stick close to god and his word in this time you still have the choice god waits for your choice his eyes are over the righteous his ears are open to their prayers he's our father god he is waiting for our actual words and our choices praise god maybe we can hear verse 20 also in canada Yeah, pastor 20 is just repeated of 19 in Kannada. Okay, it's all right. Just give it a shot. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. So we can jump off to Psalm 83, which is a very interesting psalm talking about some things which are coming upon the earth in these times. You know these are probably verses that you may have read and wondered about the sense of it but now if you look at it a little closely it takes a whole new dimension Psalm 83 verse 3 says they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones they have said come let us cut notice that cut them off from being a nation that the name of israel may be no more 
in remembrance. Hallelujah. So these kind of verses are now talking about how nations have been plotting craftily against Israel to wipe out the, even the memory of their name from the earth. And sometimes if you watch in the news, you will hear proclamations like that, you know, that are made by certain individuals, real people, talking as though they have read these verses, that the very memory of Israel should be wiped out. Even their name should not be remembered anymore. Hallelujah. Isn't that interesting? So um, as you begin to read, you will notice God knew all of these things and he gives a whole list of names. Verse 6, the tabernacles of Edom, the Ishmaelites, Moab, Hagarines. You know who the Hagarines are, right? Just remove the Enes and you get Hagar. Yeah, those are the Hagarines. Gibal, Ammon, Amalek. All these people are supposed to be sons that came from, you know, the negative side. You know, so Edom there is, you know, the Esau kind of nature. And of course, Ishmael, Hagar, you can see how they all line up. Now, these people are gathering together against Israel and against the people that are supposed to be God's chosen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so all this has been written out and planned out from long time ago. So today, um, as you go through the news or you get a WhatsApp, you'll notice that these things have been going on and have been documented that God's people, the Jewish race, uh, the original ones that he started with, and they were supposed to be a nation of priests who were supposed to carry out uh, the preaching of the gospel and bringing forth uh, this truth to us. Instead, they got exclusive and they shut themselves down. And so God came to us. Praise God. But um, today we may look at some thoughts like that, that uh, we have a choice to see that what's in the news today has a bearing on what God had planned long time ago in his great foreknowledge. Hallelujah. So nations are going to gather around, take counsel against Israel, that even their name and their memory should be wiped out of the earth. Maybe we can hear verse 3 and 4 in Canada, Psalm 83. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So there you have the um, New Testament or gospel equivalent of it in Jesus' words over there in the book of Luke chapter 21 and verse 20. And he said, When you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Hallelujah. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, them which are in the midst of it depart out, let not them that are in the uh, that are in the countries enter therein too, for these be the days of vengeance. So you notice here that uh, armies are going to encompass Jerusalem, and then you know the desolation is very close. And so today, you know, there are people like Erdogan, who is supposed to be the ruler of Turkey. 
And um, he has made statements exactly like that, saying that they're going to make sure they build and uh, they occupy and they have an embassy and they have their own government in the eastern part of Jerusalem, saying that the eastern part of the city belongs to them. Things like that. Isn't that funny that you can actually claim such things? So, you know, they want to just make sure that that mountain on which the temple was supposed to be from history, from the days of David and Solomon, must be knocked off and it belongs to them. Very interesting that I know every nation has duplicates of all this always going on. You know, that temple is mine, that place is mine, that town is mine, and so on and so forth. But this is the original story which the whole earth is going to gather around. And uh, the destiny of nations is going to be hanging in that balance of gathering around Israel, particularly about the city of Jerusalem. So there's going to be a lot of action going on like that, which is biblical. Um, You know, uh, I have not talked too much about these things because we were living in a time and a season where you had to build up your faith, and which you have to do every day, and you had to live a daily practical life of receiving God's promises, which you still have the choice to. You know, but we are so close to these prophesied times that It's good to talk about them now because um, once the time is up, there's nothing you can do about it. You just say, wow, I didn't know it was like that. So today, as long as we have opportunity, we'll talk about these things. And along with uh, vital uh, topics that we believe the Spirit of God will lay on our hearts. But praise God, you know, you don't have to worry. God is a faithful God. As you hold on to the choice in the promises of God, you will have life and blessing for you and your family. You will have your land. You will have to receive. Praise God. So they would possess the land that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Notice that in trying to remove that land, they are coming against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Any such Uh, actions are directed not just at those people, but at the God who made that covenant with those people. So they are saying that he's a foolish God, he's a weak God, he's a God of no consequence. (laughs) So on that mount right now, they have uh, a structure on which it is written, God has no son. Praise God. It's plainly written there. You know, it's interesting to note that it's documented that God has no son. You know, so these invaders who have taken over that mount um, have put that sign there. And you know that that is coming against Christ. Because anyone who does not believe in Christ has called God a liar. And that's the spirit of the Antichrist. Amen. So we ought to know these things. I mean, even if you do not go there physically and you've not seen the inscriptions written there, we, uh, at the right time, I believe God helps us to note these things. They're available in the news. You know, you can just check your news and maybe question some things. Pop the Google as usual and you'll see all these things. Praise God. Very interesting. So, um, when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know. Let's hear that um, verse 20 of Luke 21 also in Canada, please. 
ಸೈನ್ಯಗಳು ಎರಸಲೆಮನ್ನು ಮುತ್ತಿಗೆ ಹಾಕುವುದನ್ನು ನೀವು ನೋಡುವಾಗ ಅದು ಹಾಳಾಗುವ ಕಾಲು ತಿಳಿದುಕೊಳ್ಳಿ ಆಗ ಯುದಾಯದಲ್ಲಿರುವವರು ಬೆಟ್ಟಗಳಿಗೆ ಓಡಿ ಹೋಗಲಿ ಅದರ ಮಧ್ಯದಲ್ಲಿರುವವರು ಹೊರಟು ಹೋಗಲಿ ಇದಲ್ಲದೆ ಹಳ್ಳಿಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಇರುವವರು ಅವುಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಪ್ರವೇಶಿಸದೇ ಇರಲಿ So there are certain verses that are specifically talking about these things that you cannot probably use for any other for instance Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 those two chapters are talking about the gathering of these various nations to take war positions against Israel and so if you if you read them he says in verse 1 Uh, the word of the lord came unto me saying set thy face against gog the land of magog the chief prince of meshech and tubal prophesy against him so here you have this kind of name gog and magog meshech tubal these are supposed to be old names for places like russia and some other smaller uh, communist nations around there verse 3 says thus says the lord behold i am against the o gog chief prince of meshech and tubal he says i will put my hooks into you and you know all of that stuff then verse 5 says persia ethiopia persia is supposed to be iran some years ago the name of persia was changed into iran then ethiopia is there libya notice that gomer and his bands of togarma of the north quarters that's supposed to involve places like turkey verse 8 be thou prepared and prepare for thyself all thy company after many days thou shalt be visited and so on it goes verse 9 thou shalt ascend and come like a storm thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land thou and all thy bands and many people with thee so there's going to be a huge gathering of people they'll come quickly like a storm and like a cloud that's a lot of people and very quickly verse 10 thus says the lord i also shall come it shall also come to pass that at the same time uh, shall things come into thy mind an evil thought verse 11 thou shall say i will go up to the land of unwalled villages i will go up to them that are at rest that dwell safely all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil to take a prey to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land praise god so on so um if you notice here there's going to be a situation where suddenly these nations will come around israel surround israel and do a quick uh, attack and it'll be fast and powerful and um, then suddenly god will supernaturally deliver them and because of that they would have uh, had an amazing victory and they would now realize that it's not that easy they have to um make quick treaties with more powerful nations because things are very shaky for them 
even though they get a supernatural victory, they will be so affected by it that they will now go and try to make um, peace treaties and alliances with powerful nations. And of course, you and I have understood that by that time, Rome and the uh, revived European empire would become so powerful that uh, Israel will be forced to make a treaty with them because they will be powerful at that time. And then they will be so secure, you know, in that treaty that they will now let their defenses down and they will begin to rest and they will be called unwalled cities, people at rest. So that's how the flow goes. So I believe that before we leave, we will begin to see this war that people suddenly gather and attack Israel. We may see the beginning of that before we are taken out of here. Hallelujah. Very interesting. Let's just hear maybe verse 9 uh, in Canada first. Ninu meneru berugali ante baruvi. Ninu ninna ella dandugalu matu aneka janara saitavagi megadante deshavannu mutchuviri. Amen. And then maybe we can read verse 11 also. Ninu pauli gole illada halligalulla deshakke nanu hoguvenu. Pauli goligalillade illave bagulugalu aguligalu illade adu avaru vishrantindalu sukhavagi vasithiruva nanu hogi Amen. So, by the language, now you could see um, if you do some reading or checking up, Russia, Iran, a few places like that are going to gather because Russia is in a very northern position on the earth. They are always uh, having very severely cold climates. They've been rather poor. And recently, by the open doors uh, that they've given to the gospel and the nations and the fall, or so it looks like, of communism, doors have opened and they have begun to receive material benefits. But naturally speaking, because of their bad weather, they always have problem with food and agriculture. Meanwhile, Israel right there is the breadbasket of Europe, some of the finest produce of the land. Recently I saw a photo, Brother Joji sent me some grape, you know, vine like that. And those guys make, uh, you know, it looks so beautiful. It, it's amazing. Uh, there's the famous Jaffa orange and all of these things come from Israel and they are on tables of wealthy people and nations across the world. And so for a long time, um, Russia has envied them and wanted that spot of land. And so the Bible says that they are now going to gather and people like them, along with Iran, are now going to come and attack a huge army, a large army in a very quick action against Israel. Israel, you know, has su survived many wars, starting in 48, then um, 67, and then for um, even 73. Praise God. Some facts like that. 
If you're a history buff or a news buff, you can check that out. But they've had to fight again and again and again just to keep their own land. You know, it's, it's, it's funny how you get attacked for your own land. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's an old sibling rivalry situation. Rivalry situation you know, um, sibling rivalry is hard. Anybody who has been in family situations where your brothers and sisters or relatives are fighting with you, you know it's not easy. And this is the height of it. Everything else is minor compared to this. The whole earth is going to be drawn into this sibling rivalry kind of atmosphere. Can you imagine that? Between the sons of Abraham. <laughs> Hallelujah. So um, get ready. This is how it's going to unfold. The earth is going to be uh, setting itself up for these things. Israel has been therefore trying to make alliances uh, with Europe because Europe um, is gradually taking the center stage. America is going to drop and it's not going to be very significant by these times that we are talking about. Um, thank God for uh, President Trump who uh, just a couple of years ago was in Israel and it, if you check the news you will notice he said he was going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital and have an embassy there itself. And uh, they were the only hand lifted up in the UN to stand against all the other nations. And it's, it's really strange. So I thank God for people like him. He's going against the flow, going against the current. And people, you know, may always doubt intentions. But the truth of the matter is Israel is going to be in a very nervous place where they have to try and make uh, deals with other nations, more powerful nations, because uh, eventually it's very possible that the U.S. will not back her so much. And so she will have to uh, look for more powerful alliances. And recently she made some alliance with the Vatican, who was a very old enemy of theirs. The Vatican has been seriously against the Jewish people. But uh, they made some treaty. I, I don't know how far that is standing right now. So there is Europe and their main religion. And so they're trying their best to settle things for their own security like that. Just looking in the natural. And all these things are going to be unfolding right in front of our eyes. It's going to be all seen in the news very, very shortly. You don't even have to read the newspapers if you can follow through what the scriptures are saying. Hallelujah. So, let's go to Ezekiel 39. Verse 1 says, Thou therefore, son of man, prophesy against Gog, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog. And he says, I will turn thee back, and leave but a sixth part of thee, will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel, that is another scene being set up now where the Antichrist or the leader of that revived Roman Empire will break his league and treaty and sit in the temple, claim to be God. And, um, you know, Israel will again almost be annihilated. All the nations will gather against her and uh, a very powerful armed battle is going to happen known as the 
Armageddon. Very interesting. And um, by that time, we will come back with the Lord. Very interesting. Verse 4 says, Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, all thy bands. Uh, I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, says the Lord God, just because he said it, you know. So there's going to be these animals, ravenous beasts, that are going to be involved in that war also. Verse 7, I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel. I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is come, it is done, says the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. They that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth, set on fire, burn the weapons, shields, bucklers, bows, arrows, hand staves, spears. They shall burn them with fire for seven years. So the, the war and the battle is going to be so amazing that Israel will win it. And there's going to be a burning of whatever has been used, the arms there for seven years. And there'll be burials for seven months. Interesting. Verse 10. So they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any of the forests. They shall burn the weapons with fire, shall spoil those that spoil them, rob them that robbed. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea shall stop the noses of the passengers there. People will close their noses. They shall bury Gog and all his multitude shall be called the valley of Hamogog, Hamon Gog. Seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them that they cleanse the land. So the, the funeral or the burying is going to take seven months. There's a whole lot of dead people there. So you can see it's going to be quite an interesting time where God shows up and uh, Israel you know, defeats the enemy and all of that stuff. So what's coming up on the earth shortly is going to be pretty bad. There's, there's going to be pretty tense situations. This is the best time to get saved. This is the best time to go be with God and His people. You have a choice not to be here. You have a choice not to stay here. Thank God you don't have to. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, so maybe you could go over and read 38 and 39 over and over again and see how amazing that battle is. And um, Jesus will come at the end of the seven years and we will enjoy a new season which is known as the dispensation of the fullness of times. And if you're a believer, you'll be invited to rule and reign with Jesus. Hallelujah. For a thousand years and so on. Glory to God. So, um, you know, you can go read these verses again. But in short, what's coming on the earth is going to be war. There's going to be a lot of war coming along. Um, you know, my wife keeps checking uh, news and programs about natural calamities and According to what we're hearing, every day there are earthquakes, hundreds of earthquakes that are taking place on the earth. In some countries, every day they're having earthquakes. So these are all the travails 
the birth pangs that the earth wants to shift from this period to the millennial reign of Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, why don't you also pick up that sense and see what you can do while you're on the planet in a positive choice. Amen. Making the right choice. So shall we hear just a verse or two out of 39? Um, It may be a little odd to read, but let's see if we can just read it. Let's read verse 9 of uh, Ezekiel 39 in Canada. Amen. And maybe verse 11 also. And then maybe 12 also, and finally. Israel so you must be getting ready for something known as the third world war which is going to be coming up shortly and it's going to be all focused on Israel how to take that land and dominate those people and we may just see the beginning of that however Israel will win that war it will be supernaturally won that will force them to now look for alliances, strong alliances. And that is when this revived Roman Empire and the powerful ruler thereof, who is known as the Antichrist, will make a treaty with them. And they will be so secure, they will relax, they will let down the walls and all of that stuff. You know, uh, It will be a strange time. Um, of so-called peace and all those kind of things. However, no matter what it looks like, you must feel pity for them. You know, you must really uh, be empathetic, pray for them. I think you should pray for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, pray every day for them because they are going to be taken by surprise by some of these things that are coming upon the earth. So when the Antichrist breaks that treaty, you know, they're going to be really shocked. He's going to claim that he's God. And then comes the great tribulation, which is the worst suffering on the earth, which will end with the Lord coming back with us and destroying all the enemies. Hallelujah. And then we go into the millennium. Praise God. Anyway, let's see if we can um, um, patiently gather a thing or two out of all this. Let's go to Matthew 24 and look at uh, some verses there. Usually, like a friend of mine was saying the other day, the Baptists and the brethren spend a lot of time talking about these things. We usually don't. But, um, you know, it's for all of us. So, let's see if we can talk about these things a little bit. Praise God. I'm trying to glean as much as I can Um, and see if it will be of any good for us. I believe it should help us. Matthew 34, and let's go over there. 
Verse 31, He shall send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds, um, one end of heaven to the other. Verse 32, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. There's a great figurative parable between the fig tree and the Jewish state. So even when he cursed the fig tree, it was supposed to be also a double reference to the Jewish people and how they did not receive him, how the religious people did not accept him. He became the stone that the builders rejected. He is that one who has become the chief cornerstone. So all the Hosanna and those things that they said in the street were quotations from the 118th Psalm, and they did not see the meaning of it, but instead just worshipped Hosanna, Hosanna, expecting him to become their ruler just like that, not realizing that he was going to be first the rejected stone. Hallelujah. Now, therefore, let's look at this fig tree. It says, when you see the fig tree is yet tender, that means it is just grown and it is young. And then it puts forth leaves. That's supposed to indicate prosperity, economic wealth. You know that summer is nigh. Summer here is supposed to be the millennium. So when Israel was formed in 1948 and then battled for and held in 67, you know, Everything around them began to take center stage. They became powerful. They became uh, prosperous. And their military machinery is some of the best in the world. That A lot of people get their warcraft and tech from the Jewish people, you know. And so she became very economically and politically sound, became a great nation in a very short time. So... That is what verse 32 is supposed to actually bring to us. And that nation has become a yardstick for every kind of prophetic thing of the last days. So verse 33 says, Likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. So if anyone were alive from 48 onwards and saw the development of Israel they should be able to tell that the millennium will be seen by that same generation. Praise God. In other words, for instance, in our church, we have uh, people who are, you know, 1948ers, like Brother Anand Raj. And so that generation will definitely see the incoming of all of these things. Isn't that interesting? In other words, we who are here right now are going to see all these things. <laughs> wow. My brother, my sister is really close. So, verse 34, he says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Then he lends, lends credibility in 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Are you seeing that? Hallelujah. But of that day... And our know it no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Hmm, praise God. Let's hear 
maybe verse 32 and 33 in Canada also, please, Brother Sharat. Amen. So there you go. It's all basically as plain as that. And we are the people that are going to see all these things happen. So um, get ready. It's just round the corner. It's at the doors. <laughs> Is that clear? Hallelujah. 36, there's a note there. But of the day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So the particular day and particular hour, you know, for instance, you don't know whether it's Monday 9 a.m. We don't know about that. Whether it's Friday 2 p.m. We don't know that. But we know in a general manner that is really close and we're going to see it. Praise God. Then he goes on, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now notice that this is not talking about the rapture. This is talking about him coming to bring in the millennial kingdom. Interesting. Praise God. And so it can just be seen, let's see, as clearly as possible as people. After the church has left the earth, they get uh, stuck down here. And then there are people who become saved because... 144,000 Jewish people, 12,000 from each tribe, go out and begin to evangelize. And the major evangelism takes place. Then in the last half of the seven years, even angels start preaching. So there's going to be a whole lot of evangelism. And people are going to be getting saved. Notice there's still a seven-year period for people to be saved. While there's so much confusion and mayhem and wrath on the earth. Praise God. And during that time, there'll be people who say, ah, I'm not sure about all this. You know, hey, we've got time. They say he's coming. And they're going to go ahead and act as if nothing happened. You can already tell that tendency is here on the earth right now. People are so cool. One thing after the other, they're just saying, okay, it's all right. We can go on with life. Meanwhile, there are subtle informations that our life will never be the same that uh, we have a new normal, you know, but people have this ability to just be resilient and go on as if nothing happened and don't pay attention to any of these big signposts of the days in which we are living. Praise God. It becomes kind of like normal to just have earthquakes every day and have all kinds of chronic things that you've never seen before happen. I mean... Uh, honestly, when all those blood moons and things were going on, I thought people were just spending too much time looking at the moon. Because, you know, Paul did not tell us to be looking at the moon uh, and so on. So, But notice that those things were very amazing. Huge red moons hanging so close to the earth. It was really shocking. And uh, people wrote books about all of that and 
um, you know, a lot of lot of readership and so on. But I mean, I didn't read that, unfortunately or fortunately. But today, you know, these are all signs, and we cannot just go on with life as usual. It's time to wake up and smell the coffee and smell the signs and tell that man, I got to do it right. I I need to make the right choices. Hallelujah. And you've been hearing probably anytime you're on the news, you 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 probably heard about how they want to wipe Israel out and all that anti-Semitic talk and against Zion, Mahmoud Abbas and uh, you know Hezbollah and all of these people, you know, and Namaz and you know <laughs> what whatever else. So you you know it's it's pretty scary on one hand, but for those who have made the choice, you're in the hands of Jesus. You are kept. Nothing can take you out. Praise God. I remember my mother in the earlier years when uh we were not saved, she would be watching the news and after some time she'd just say, What is all this what's wrong with these Jewish people? What what's wrong with these Jewish people? They're always causing trouble everywhere. Why can't they give everybody their land? What's wrong with these people? See, that's what the news wants you to think. That the Jewish people are taking somebody else's land. But when you start reading your Bible, you understand that this land was given to them by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's the others who want to take that land. So you are the one who has access to the real news. The other news is based on politics, on money, influence, and the world systems. So praise God. When when you see all these things happening, you should know, well, my time to go home is close. Very close. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 40 says, Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. So all these things are talking about a different setting of time. It's not our time. It's for those who are left here and are in the tribulation period. Praise God. So you don't have to be worried that you're in the kitchen cooking and your husband has disappeared. You don't have to worry about that. We're all going together. Jesus has paid for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So, um, you know, you don't have to be scared by things like verse 45. Who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? You don't have to be scared about that. That's talking about those who will be left here after the church leaves. Amen. So there's going to be good works going on. Uh, trying to edify, trying to stay in the Word, trying to hang around the things of God. All that is going to be going on after the church leaves, among those who are saved. And so if they stick with the Word, if they choose the Word, they will be kept. They will not be unnecessarily martyred. So some are going to be martyred genuinely. Some are going to be unnecessarily martyred. Praise God. Thank God you and I won't be here. Isn't it a good day to rejoice? Hallelujah. So let's see if we can pick up a thing or two there in Canada also. Um, Verse 35 in Canada, please, Brother Sharat. Amen. 
So we were reading over there in um, the book of Daniel, in the seventh chapter, about some vision that was given. And uh, there you will notice there's this story here. Praise God. The dominion, the kingdom, and all of those things. Let's see if we can pick up there. Daniel chapter 7, verse 23. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be like the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. Hmm. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. He shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. They shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it to the end. Hallelujah. And the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Praise God. So here you notice there's a special kind of vision again there, but it's very similar to the one in Daniel chapter 2, where you saw uh, the gold head Nebuchadnezzar there, then the silver after that, then the belly and the legs, brass, and then eventually there were the legs which were longer than the rest of the body, generally signifying that there was a kingdom that ruled for a thousand years, which was uh, the Roman kingdom. Then came the last, which was in the legs, which was a mixture of um, iron and clay, and it had ten toes. So the church, meanwhile, came in between. Just after Rome there, you notice there was a 2,000-year reign, almost, of the church. Jesus' own kingdom came there. But since Daniel did not know about the mystery of or it was not for his time, it was not there in that picture. We were not there. But hallelujah. What we need to be concerned about is, is that that last, uh, the feet there, is going to be the old revived uh, Roman Empire, meaning Europe, uh, Western Europe, and the ruler of that will be the Antichrist. It will involve ten toes, which means there are going to be ten states involved. So in the same story, uh, you see in chapter 7, this beast had ten horns. And then you will notice one had the face and had a voice and spoke great words against the Most High. See verse 5, he shall speak great words against the Most High. That's verse 25, shall wear out the saints and so on. Notice there, verse 24, the ten horns out of his kingdom are the ten kings that shall arise and suddenly says, another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and shall subdue three kings. So this person is going to be very interesting. He's a powerful guy. The minute he comes on the scene, he defeats three nations. 
So I guess that's why they, they'll immediately start listening to him as the boss. He will become the boss of that conglomeration of revived Europe, Rome. Are you getting it? So he's going to be a tough guy. He's going to immediately defeat three nations. He's going to be interesting. And so they will bow to him. They will accept his rulership, and he's going to become the Antichrist. So that horn that comes up eventually and takes away three horns is all part of the Antichrist's revelation there. Amen. He's going to be a tough guy, so get ready. Anybody who wants to stay back here, get ready for all these things. But for us, it is merely a point of interest because it was given in prophecy. We just wanted to read it and get to know it before it all happened on the earth. We didn't want to be ignorant, you know, praise God. Maybe we can hear um, verse 23 and then 24 also in Canada. Daniel chapter 7, Brother Sharat. Amen. Praise God. So you know eventually that this stone that was not cut with man's hand came and smashed that whole structure of Daniel chapter 2 and powdered, was blown all over the earth and that stone became a huge mountain and it ruled forever and ever. Amen. That's talking about Christ and his kingdom, which is going to eventually come and rule. That you will notice in Daniel chapter 2. Praise God. Thank God that these are all parallels which God had given to his prophets long, long time ago. Glory to God. And so it's, it's interesting to be able to just read through and uh, have a general idea of this wonderful, awesome book that is in our hands and not just be stuck in one place, you know. I believe before we leave the earth, we should get to know as much as we can about what's written in this wonderful book that's given to us. Hallelujah. Don't wait till you get to heaven before you understand it because I think that we're going to have to be able to um, sit down in heaven also and learn. If you're not already learning it, you're going to learn. I believe that very seriously. Would you like to take a shot with me at a verse there? Second Corinthians chapter 5, notice there verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That's a good one for us, right? We are willing to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Wonderful. And then we all know, verse 10 says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. So that's what you can expect. The minute we leave this place, we're going to all stand before him. Praise God. And like uh, you may have noticed, it didn't say crawl there. It said stand. So thank God we're going to be standing. We're not going to be crawling. Hallelujah. Verse 9, however, is what I'd like us to notice. Between 8 and 10 comes 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. The question is present where? Absent where? 
In other words, it means even if you are present in heaven with the Lord and absent from the body, you're going to be, notice, laboring. So there is work in heaven, but it's not by the sweat of the brow. It's not uh, anything that is connected to the curse. It's just that there is a nature of God working in us both to will and do His good pleasure. And that just comes to the next level when we get into the heavenly realm. Hallelujah. And so, if you have been busy with things down here for Him, glory to God, it won't be a shock when you get up there and you have to get involved doing some things for Him again. Hallelujah. But for those who have not been really involved, they're going to be going through a little training first. It's my candid opinion that, <laughs> that they better get trained right now because they're going to be trained there. We'll have to sit down and be brought up to speed, so to speak, so that we can be able to do what He has called us to do. Notice that we may be accepted of Him. Did you notice that? what is acceptable or well-pleasing to Him. There also. And it's it kind of stuck into verse 10, which is about giving an account of things done. In other words, I believe that it has something to do with our general conduct down here also. So uh, we want to be doing things that He has told us to do. Go win souls, make disciples, be a blessing on the earth. Be excited to do His will because we, we have missed so much mess and tragedy that's coming upon the earth. And we are so blessed. We are given such a great opportunity and a choice. Before, we, we, we didn't have the choice. We just did stuff because we were like that. We were dead in sin. We were carnal. We were sold over. You know. But today we have a choice. And as you make your choices... Um, it's pleasing to Him, you know. It's a good thing to know that um, you don't have to go to heaven and go through the same class again because God knows for sure what you studied. <laughs> and if you didn't study, well, praise God. We won't say, I told you so, but we'll be saying, well, done. No. <laughs> Let's try and do what we can. You know, I'm not talking from a place of... Uh, high and lofty out there. I'm just saying, this is real. It is true. The news is right there in your palms. It's in the book. And you're going to see these things come to pass on the earth. So let's make choices that we will truly live. We will enjoy heavenly life. Enjoy it here and then enjoy the ages to come. Hallelujah. Maybe we could hear in Second Corinthians 5 and verse 9 also in Canada. Amen. Praise God. You know, Peter, we spent a lot of time in Second Peter some time ago. And um, you remember there, he said in Second Peter chapter 1, he said there, verse 11 was about the abundant entrance. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's going to be fun, isn't it? Having an abundant entrance. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, 
This is for someone who got a revelation of it. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Notice that. Though you know them and be established in the present truth. In other words, this is for people who know. See? So don't think you, you know and that's it. Those of us who know, thank God, we need to be constantly put in remembrance of these things so that we can have a different entrance. Every chance you have to be reminded of these things is an opportunity to have a better entrance. Don't you think so? So that you can make up for any lapses, any area that you did not uh, pay attention to as you ought to. The Bible is like that. Sometimes you read the scripture again and you notice hmm, something new comes out of it. You know, it's by hearing. It's not something you just read once and leave. The more you read it, the more you get fine-tuned, the more you get equipped, the more you get stirred up, the more you are activated to do the right thing. It's an amazing book. And I know it will be in heaven because the word of the Lord endures forever. So there's not going to be any other book. It's going to be the same book. And therefore, it's a matter of reading it over and over and hearing what the scripture has to say to you at that point in your life. And not to be negligent and uh, to be lackluster about it. Amen. Verse 13, putting the emphasis, says, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. He said, as long as I'm living, I want to do it. Amen. And this is a man who was very sure that he was going. He said, the Lord has told me about my leaving the body, my, my disease, my departure. And that's when he's saying these things, you know. And so if you were leaving uh, tonight, what would you do? This is the kind of stuff he's saying. This is for people who are sure about where they're going. See? Verse 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, he's not stopped this subject. I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. <laughs> That's how much he has seen about the Word of God, you see? He has realized how powerful it is to keep it going into you, constantly hearing and hearing, reading that scripture again, studying that verse again, the tenth time, the hundredth time, you know, just going on over and over, and something happens to you. Something quickens you again. Something stirs you up again. Some of these things you may have heard before. Some things you may have never heard before. But as you go over them, you will start to hear things that the Spirit of God wants, you know, to know. He wants you to get so that when we stand before him, it will be different. Amen. Verse 16 says, We have not followed cunningly devised fables. See, these things are real. It's in the news. It's not some story. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. See, they had seen what it would be like when Jesus comes back in the glory realms where every eye would see him. They were on that mount of transfiguration where those two witnesses came. I believe you and I know 
that that time is going to be a very special time where you will see two witnesses preaching on the earth. There's going to be one who walks with the signs of you know, the water turning to blood and then the other with fire coming out of his mouth. And so by now you would have understood it was those same two people that came on that mountain, the Bible there in Matthew 17. So in 16, you would have noticed the very last verses of chapter 16. Maybe we should go there. Let's just jump off. Matthew 16. Let's go to the last verses and observe there. Hallelujah. Notice there, he says, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So there he was saying, this is not the rapture he's talking about. This is not the rapture. This is that time where he comes in the millennium. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he's saying, you're going to have a taste of it. Then verse 1, after six days, after that particular moment, he said, these guys are going to just see some things. So six days later, that means they didn't have to wait till they died or any such thing. Six days later, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Whoa. According to Zechariah, the Bible tells us that those two witnesses, you know, are going to be the ones that turned water into blood and who spoke fire and had the power to shut the heavens and so on. So you will notice that I believe it's going to be these two again that you will see during the time of the book of Revelations, two witnesses. We may pick up on that later, but they're going to be preaching also. They're going to be doing some amazing things on the earth and they'll be killed in front of uh, television broadcasts and high-tech equipment and people will be celebrating about their death and then suddenly the Spirit of God will lift them up and they'll stand up in front of everybody. You know, people will celebrate so much like Christmas, they'll go and give gifts to everybody because these pests are dead. That's how it is, you know, even though... (laughs) They're going through the curse and the massacre and the ravaging wars and destructions of the earth. Somebody's preaching to them about the kingdom. Please accept Jesus. Please accept Jesus. They'll be happy when they die. How do you like that? That's some serious condition, right? Aren't you glad you're saved, my brother, my sister? Glory to God. And the Spirit of God will raise them up. And they'll stand there and everybody will see it. And they'll be amazed at what's going to happen. Glory to God. You know, sometimes I feel like jumping ahead, but, you know, it's exciting. It doesn't get any worse for us. It just gets better. Our only concern is that let's not miss what we are supposed to collect. Let's not miss here or there. Amen? So, um... We have not followed cunningly devised fables. This is more real than the news. (laughs) 
Ooh, glory. This is more real than the news, my brother, my sister. Shall we hear verse 11 in Canada, please? Second Peter 1, verse 11. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Amen. Then verse 16, we have not followed. Let's try that also. Amen. Praise God. See, the beauty of it is that you and I did not see all of these wonderful appearances, but we believed. That's what made you and I the church. Praise God. So Jesus has given us this very amazing place where we are so wrapped up, held by him, sealed, preserved, kept, given an inheritance on our way to heaven. Isn't that amazing? Woo, glory to God. But then Peter, knowing now later on, gets filled with the Spirit, presses into the things of God and becomes a key person, an apostle that even Paul said, I, I met Peter and, um, you know, we had to discuss, and he gave me the stamp of approval, the right hand of fellowship. This great man, Peter the Apostle, now says, I know I'm leaving, but I want to leave you with something. Please, don't be negligent with the Word of God. Get stirred up about it. Keep hearing it. Keep listening to it, because this thing is full of power. This is the equivalent of what happened. We saw him on that mountain. We saw him change like the sun. We saw him shining there. We saw these Old Testament prophets appearing there. We saw the realms of God open in front of us. This thing is real. He said, read the book. Follow the prophecy. Stick with what is written in this. Praise God. You see, there's a door open there for us into the realms of the Spirit. Glory to God. Sometimes you want to know what happened be behind there. How did they come you know, did they meet Jesus before, etc., etc. Praise God. You know, Jesus is a special type of person who grew up like us, but also had a very special place of communion with the Father. He's the one who said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what He tells me to. I only, what I see, that's what I do. That's, I'm just plainly like that. So he had that great place of communion with God and he enjoyed the Word and his place in the Word, but he also enjoyed communion with the Father God. Praise God. And today he's gone, but he's left the Word with us and his Spirit and the great mighty Holy Spirit with us so that we can have the reality of the Word and the Spirit and the communion of God the Father and enjoy them while we are down here that we can actually have these experiences with God. Hallelujah. That angels are willing to look into these things. That we have revelation that angels don't understand. How sad it would be if we went back to heaven and the angels say, you know, there was so much you could have taught me, but you were just not so interested in it. You were supposed to be a believer. You could have shown me a few mysteries. But here you are now anyway, and you got to sit back in class. Um, Brother Joji will be teaching you again. Wow. 
That'd be interesting. Our brother Shards is going to lead you in that topic today. Can you imagine that? Man, that won't be cool. I mean, no matter how glorified you are, I don't think that'll be much fun at that point. Of course, you'll be happy you got to heaven and the streets are gold, but it's still classroom again. <laughs> this is what I believe, you know, and that doesn't make me um, extra cagey and, uh, you know, overbearing. It makes me desirous. I want to learn as much as I can. I really do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 18 says, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Praise God. Then he goes on, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. It was not by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So my brother, my sister, this book has to be read over and over, studied with deep relish, meditated upon. We need to sit there, get busy with it constantly, and I'm sure the glories of heaven will be unveiled to us. Those experiences are for us. Philip was translated. He was moved from one place to another. You know, if you remember in Acts 6, he said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the diakonia or the service of the Word of God. So praying and studying the Word of God is the highest Praying and studying the word is the highest. Well, why don't you just do some of that and then put your hands to something. Do what you can to be a blessing on the planet. Study, pray, study, pray. Pray for Israel. Pray for your nation. Pray for your neighborhood. And get into the word. Meditate on it. And if you get experiences where you're carried away in the spirit, wonderful. Where angels come to your room and listen to you, wow. That's cool. Praise God. All those things are benefits on the side. Or you find yourself in another nation suddenly preaching to someone, laying hands on someone. Praise God. These realms are available through this excellent Word of God. Hallelujah. So let's see if we can gain out of this as much as possible. Go with me to Psalms chapter 30, 30. And let's read verse 5. He says, For his anger endures but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Hallelujah. See, there could be some weeping. There could be some suffering. There could be some things that you are not actually enjoying right now. But it's for a moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. It's there. It's there, of course. We know you're going through stuff. But joy is coming. Joy is coming and your joy will never be taken away from you. Don't give the importance to those problems than more or rather more than the scripture gives it. It says it's just for 
a moment or for a certain night time. Praise God. Endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. I believe that you and I, I know these are last days, so there's, there's challenges and all that stuff. But it's good. Let's hear 30 and verse 5 in Canada, please. Amen. Praise God. Lamentations 3 says in verse 23, They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. With his mercy you can rejoice. Sometimes I would have had to struggle with a symptom. Sometimes those symptoms would be with me for a whole night. But by morning, it'd be gone. I don't know if anybody else has gone through those things, but there used to be times like that. By morning, it would be gone. Poof. Sometimes it would be like, will this morning ever come? But it would come. And it would be clear, and it would be jo joyful, and, you know, times of just pressing in. I'd like to challenge you to stay in Romans 8, 2, particularly. It says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin, sickness, disease, the curse, anything, and death. See, you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Him. That's the blessing of this particular church age, this age of grace in which we live. You are in Him. If you are in Him, there's a new law working in you. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It sets you free from the law of sin, sickness, any curse, and death. Any curse, poverty, destruction, misery, lack, disappointment, all that you see in Deuteronomy 28 mentioned as a curse. It has been cut to pieces by this higher law that you have in Christ Jesus. That law works in you just because you're in Christ. Just say it, just think about it constantly. Let it be the last thing you think about when you go to sleep. Let it be the first thing you think about when you wake up. And if you're awake at night, think about it. Say it to yourself constantly during the night time. Whatever you're going through, it will break. Joy is coming in the morning. doesn't matter. Mercies are there in the morning. Whatever period you're going through right now. Hallelujah. Sometimes the challenges of these last days seem to be so strange. I don't know if you've had any of them, but, you know, they can be particularly strange, particularly trying. But you can just focus, set your mind on these higher laws. Keep yourself thinking on being in Him. Praise God. Our affliction is light, is for a moment. It works for us a far more exceeding and greater weight of glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to read something from Ephesians also. As we wind down, Ephesians chapter 2. You remember, he says that even when we were dead in sins, he quickened us, raised us up together, made us sit together in Christ Jesus. Verse 7 says that in the ages to come. How many ages is that? I mean, there's just ages and ages that are coming. To come. He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. See, this is the church. This is you and I. There's a lot that is going to show 
that everybody's going to see. I wish I were there during the church age. It's going to be evident in the ages to come. Everybody's going to look and see, man, these guys who got saved and are in the church, they are really special people. Hallelujah. That's the day you're going to pick up your collar and walk differently. Amen. Right now you may feel that there's nothing special about you, but that's you. Don't worry about that. Think about, in Christ, who am I? In myself, I look like I'm nothing, but in Christ, wow, there's exceeding riches of grace that's going to be displayed here and in the ages to come. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, people are shocked to find out that we are alive and doing well even during this time. People are shocked. That's the riches of His grace. That's the riches of His grace. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, you need to get relaxed, like Brother Anup was saying on Sunday, relaxed about it. You know, believing that it is a done deal. Sit there, thank Him, say it in that place. Hallelujah. And let God provide. Let God meet every area of your need. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful place to be in, in the riches of His grace, in the ages to come. Those riches go into universes that are coming ahead. That's a lot. This is the best time to do the right thing, to be in Christ, to serve Him, to get stirred up, to do exactly what you believe God wants you to do. This is the time to do it all. Hallelujah. Let me read one more. Praise God. Uh, Proverbs, the third chapter. Let's observe there. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. See, sometimes people wonder, why should I give? It's about honor. You're just honoring the Lord with your substance. You are honoring Him, what He said. Praise God. So just think about it like that. What you are doing, you're doing it to honor Him with it. And I find it interesting that God would receive any honor from us. Your gifts, your grace, He receives it freely. Yes, He does. He's made it available in a place that He can actually take from us. Whatever honor you have to give Him, He will receive it. Praise God. So somebody may be getting, you know, barely 500 rupees a month, but they learn to honor God with their substance. Praise God. You just learn to honor Him. And the Bible says in the Luke, Luke chapter 8, in the 8th chapter of Luke, that women brought their substance to Him. They ministered to Him out of their substance. So you're honoring the Lord with whatever you were doing. These women were, you know, doing business or whatever they were doing. They just got involved. Hallelujah. And it's interesting to notice. Praise God. He says, and Chusa, and notice there, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. So this person is in, in the king's palace. And they were people of dignity too. Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their substance. So you're not doing something strange. Out of the substance you have, you're ministering to him. He receives that. 
You're honoring him. So do it like that, whatever it is. Your time, your money, your health, your strength, minister it to him. Lord, this is unto you. I'm honoring you with my body. I'm honoring you with my thoughts. I'm honoring you with my finances. I'm honoring you. Hallelujah. And he gives you increase and dimensions open to you because you did it right. Hallelujah. Think about it like that. Don't think about it in any other way. Praise God. Yeah, maybe you've been abused. Maybe you've been maltreated. Maybe honor has been taken wrongly. But still, it doesn't change the word of God. Hallelujah. Maybe we'll hear um, that verse in Canada also. Proverbs the third and the ninth verse. Hmm. Then he says, your barns will be filled with plenty. Your presses burst out with new wine. Hallelujah. Don't know about you, my brother and sister, but I'm believing God for God's best till the moment we leave the planet. Amen. Be willing and obedient. As far as you know, you're qualified to eat the good of the land, wear the good of the land, drive the good of the land, live in the good of the land. Keep hearing it. Keep hearing it. Keep listening. Keep acting until you enjoy heaven on earth and then go there. But don't forget to pray for people on the earth, man. They have no clue what's coming upon the earth. You and I have an idea what's coming up. So don't forget, keep in prayer, pray for Israel, pray for the U.S., pray for our great nation. Do as much as you can right now. Do your best. Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Thank you. You're blessed. Yeah. We'll receive an offering if you'd like to give. It's just an opportunity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Out of what you have given to us, we have chosen to give you, knowing that there are times on the earth, Holy One, the God of blessing has not changed. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. In this church age, we receive our benefits, and in the ages to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, team. You're blessed.